Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, a weekly podcast featuring fast-paced 15-minute conversations with industry masterminds. Got one of those right here with me today, plus a weekly bonus episode on trends in tech and all things across the professional beauty industry. Before I get started, if you like the podcast, I hope you will leave a rating and or review and hit the subscribe button. All those things help others to find us. And for early access to new episodes and more, sign up for my free weekly e-newsletter over at socialbeautymakers.com. I am Gordon Miller. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I am with one of my all-time favorite guests, truly, um, Grow My Salon business founder, iconic business educator and thought leader, fellow podcaster, Anthony Whitaker. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Gordon, it's absolutely a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. I love our conversations. And uh, I know this new format you've got with, you know, short 15-minute um, you know, pieces of information, they're exciting. And I know when you said you were going to do that, I thought, what's he doing that for? And I <laughs> loved, loved listening to them. Oh, and you. equally, when you said you were going to focus more on, um, you know, AI and all this sort mm. of stuff, I was like, what the hell's he doing that for? But <laughs> it, it, as per usual, you're ahead of the curve because as soon as you said you were doing that, this whole AI thing has just exploded. I don't know if it's just because you've said it, and now I'm seeing, and now I'm seeing it everywhere. But it's it's fascinating what's happening. So anyway, thank you, thank you for that. It was, it was interesting because you know I I had lunch with a an executive at a, a very large beauty company recently who was in Chicago, and we we sat down. We've known each other for a long time, and first thing out of his mouth was he said, "So, you know, you're the AI guy for the beauty industry now," and I was like, "No." I don't think so. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you are. Um, I'm not even sure what that means, but I'm, I'm glad that people are paying attention. And if in any way, the podcast has inspired people to pay more attention to it. And I think that's a good thing. And you've agreed because you are fascinated with it. You are paying attention to it well beyond anything I'm saying uh, to talk about AI today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I want to ask you questions about it as much as you asking me about it. Um and because it has just seemed to have exploded. And so I was thinking before we got on this call, like, was there a seminal moment? You know, because mm -hmm. there was often when we look back at different <laughs> different technologies yeah, yeah, like yeah. we were talking about before we started recording, there is often a seminal moment that that sort of made something explode. So uh, what, what was it? Because I have no idea that that uh, really made the AI thing all of a sudden just like go bang because it's everywhere now. I'm just reading about it, watching stuff, it's constant. It, you know, it all goes back to one particular tool. Um, and, and it's important to say, and, and, and that's open AI and, and chat GPT. Um, but so AI has been with us for quite some time. You know, it's, it's well, it's more than 10 years old um, and, and in its various forms. And, you know, um, Siri, you know, Siri is like, I think, 12 years old now. Um, Alexa, I believe, is seven years old. They're both completely AI based, you know. And so so we just haven't used those words. When we talked about AI up until recently, I think we just kind of our brains went sci-fi. You know, it was robots and it was yeah. it was um, 2000, the Space Odyssey movie yeah, years, yeah. years and years ago. There was Stan, yeah. you know, the AI talking and, and controlling everything and, and taking over the world, you know, taking over the universe kind of stuff. So I, I think that's where our heads went to. We just didn't have a connection we can wrap our arms around it, even though it was being used. You know, the Roomba, you know, the vacuum cleaner, the Roomba, it's like the, the roams around your house when you're not at home. That thing's completely driven by AI, you know, and it recognizing stuff. And, and there was a great article recently. They upgraded the Roomba AI so that I, it could uh, fix a giant fail in the technology. And that was, if you have pets, 
and your and your pet poops while you're not at home on the floor, the Roomba couldn't recognize it. It would run over the poop and that would destroy the Roomba. Well, yeah. they recently up they recently <laughs> updated the AI so the Roomba can now recognize dog okay. and cat cat poop. That's I think that shows the power of artificial intelligence. <laughs> and so um when when chat uh, GBT became available. Um, it was almost like making Google available. And of course, in the current world, you know, things move so quickly that there was just immediate awareness because I think a lot of us, and in, in my case, I was probably one of the early beauty people, but and now that you've seen it and, and used it, it's so simple. It's so elegant. It's so easy. And it just blows your mind. And I think it just, the experience became viral just so quickly but layered on top of over a decade of AI and so many things, Google Maps, AI, you know, TikTok, AI, you know, Facebook and Instagram algorithms, AI, you know, um, you, the list is All very the long. Apps. Oh my yeah. gosh, dating yeah. apps completely, you know, facial recognition on your phone, AI. Yeah. So there's so much AI that's been around this for such a long time, but it, it felt distant because of the sci-fi connection. And they didn't talk much about that. It was AI driving this stuff probably because we'd be afraid of it. <laughs> and so um, what's your take? Like what, 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 what have you played with? What are you, what are you watching? What are you thinking? Yeah. So I, look, I suppose what I'm seeing or reading mostly about in terms of the impact, there seems to be so much talk about the impact that AI is having on marketing. And obviously, you know, we're talking about the beauty industry, but um, I mean, that's marketing per se across the board in any industry that, that the ability of AI to produce the written word, the content, and visual is just phenomenal. So, so the impact that that's having on whether it's graphic design or um, just ideation in terms of content ideas is phenomenal. Because what might take a graphic designer or a copywriter five hours is is happening through AI through its ability to trawl the internet. It's it's doing stuff in five or ten seconds. That is taking a copywriter or a graphic designer five hours. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about the impact that that's going to happen on the future of those sort of industries. And they are, let's face it, they're creative industries. And so I'm intrigued because we're in a creative industry. How is that going to impact on us mm -hmm. um, as, as behind the chair hairdressers and owners of salons? Because obviously it will have an impact. Well, to me, what's fascinating there, and I've spent, you know, I've been talking about AI in different forms for, for quite some time. And, and I had robots in my presentation. I, I just did a presentation and I said, talk, told the audience that the presentation was called The Robots Are Coming, which is just an attention getter. I said, but this slide that I'm using as an opener, I changed the title. I said, I first presented that slide seven years ago to an audience of 500. And just talking about using it to talk about technology, and, and kind of riffing on this idea that the industry has been saying forever, oh, we don't have to worry about technology because we touch people, you know, we're creative people. Nothing else is good. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> back then I didn't believe it. Today I don't believe it. Um, I was talking to my friend Anka Tran and, and Ira Pope Sage about it separately. And, and both of them, I said, what do you think about robots and doing hair? They both said, oh, absolutely. They are both there. They are going to do hair. And to both of them, I was like, what makes you think that? And, you know, similar answers, which was like, you know, a lot of us work with assistants. And when you, when you kind of break it out that way and you start to look at, well, who does what and why, and what do I do? The quote unquote creative person, you know, I do the consultation. I, I kind of make decisions with the client. I maybe lay the haircut in, but then you have these assistants that do a whole series of things. And both of them said, I could see robots doing those things. 
20 years ago or 20 years from now, 50 years from now, you know, so, so that's interesting. And, and I'm going to say some other stuff, but, but what's your reaction to that? Um, it's been around, like there's been robots. I mean, the Japanese are the masters of a lot of this sort of technology. There's yes, been, they have. You know, uh, I think it was Takara Belmont had amazing sort of, you know, robot shampoo assistants. Still do. Still do. Um, yeah. And it's great technology and you get a fantastic shampoo from it, et cetera. So that replaces, you know, uh, it's it's not cheap, but it does replace having, you know, assistants doing that. And, you know, th- th- there's often... People talk about, you know, but hairdressing, there's never going to be robots that do that. I mean, what, like, that's just a load of BS because yes. robots, robots do surgery for God's yes. sake. Yes. Brain, 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 brain surgery, the exactly. hard surgery. Exactly. Do the hard stuff. So, so robots can do surgery. They can yes. sure as hell do a haircut and the head of foils. Yep. But I think the difference is, is will it ever be financially viable? Um, and I and I would argue yes. And and to your point, and the reason I say that, and we don't know, you know, we're all guessing, right? But I I had dinner with one of the Carbell Mont people just before COVID lockdown. I was uh, they were at the uh, Hair World Championships in Paris, and I know them well. And I got to sit at the same table, and I was talking to somebody who worked here in the U.S. for many years, had moved back to Japan, and I said, "Hey, how are those robot hair shampooers doing? I'm really curious." He's like, oh my God. He's like, we, you know, we just continue to sell them. We continue to, you know, improve them. And interest, I was like, who buys them? Like, I was really curious uh, to your point of like assistance and all. He's like, it's, it's more at the value level. And he says at the value level in Japan, you have shampoo people who do nothing but shampoo. He said, so it's, it's a tremendous labor cost in this category for certain types of salons. And it's a big category. And they have proven to themselves that economically, there's a massive cost savings. And and these shampoo assistants are not designed to become hairdressers. So, you know, it's a different model than what we're used to, but economically it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And the, the role of front desk, the role of the oh, you yes. know, recep- receptionist, I, I, I forget the name of the salon, but five years ago, uh, there was a salon that was featured in, you know, one of the trade magazines that had a had a robot, um, you know, greeter. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, talking about Japan, there are hotels in Japan that have had robot greeters, yes. receptionists or whatever, you know, for, for, for ages. So, yep. you know, the, te- the technology is definitely there. Um, it's it's again, is it financially viable and is the interest there to to replace a human component? And what people forget about, and I, and I think the interest is going to get there because, you know, I think many of us now are used to talking to chatbots. And a lot of times we don't realize we're talking to chatbots, meaning when we go onto a website or we go onto an app and there's a customer service component, would you like to chat with somebody? And I was changing my phone plan recently, just a couple of weeks ago, and was on the Verizon site. And, you know, phone plans are like the most complicated, awful things ever because they they confuse you on purpose so you pay more money. So I'm having a deep conversation with customer service about doing it and got things sorted out over probably a 10, 15-minute period of conversation. And I suddenly had this like, are you real? Like, am I talking to a human or am I talking to a chat? It was all by typing. I, I asked it. You know, if it was, I had a name, I can't remember the person, the, the name, but I said, Mary, you know, are you a chatbot? And the response came back of, I don't understand that question. And wow. I'm like, oh, I said, oh, so you're a chatbot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then it yeah. said, I don't understand yeah. that question. <laughs> but I had a great experience with a chatbot. If someone yeah. said to me, you know, well, would you have preferred a human? I'm, like, I'm not so sure. Let, yeah. let me ask you this about AI. 
the big thought leaders you know in the world are, are saying that you know um you know there's near term medium term long term where's all, all this going to go and they're, and they're saying you know at its best technology you know um takes things that are hard for humans and makes it easier you know if you think about uh, people who work in coal mines and back in the day, you know, it's all been replaced by mining equipment for the most part, you know, for the most part. Um, and you talk about agriculture, so much agriculture, people working in the fields, you know, agriculture has been replaced by technology. And and those folks went into other, other jobs, other careers, and sometimes still in the farming industry. And so, you know, it took stuff that was hard that we look back now and go, why, you know, what a horrible job, you know, and technology fixes it. In the beauty industry, I think there's two massive pain points that we've talked about both of our entire careers. One is, uh, everybody, can you learn how to give a good consultation to the customer, please? Because customers, we know, they say we don't do it very well. We don't do it often enough, number one. Number two, and it connects to this a little bit, um, we don't sell retail very well. We don't sell retail very well. And, and so I look at it and go, oh, AI is going to take care of both of those things. I believe they will take care of them before we get before the client even gets to the salon. I believe there's an AI app that will you'll be able to look at and say, I'm considering something new and it's going to tell you what to do. And in 10 seconds, it's going to give you a new haircut look. And just like you used to carry Jennifer Aniston's picture to the salon, you'll carry your phone. Look at me. Look at me with my great looking different haircut. Can you give this to me? And I believe the AI, if you like it, will say to you while you're sitting at home thinking about your hair, it'll go, oh, you like that? Uh, it's a vivid color. And in your neighborhood, here's three salons that have great reviews. And by the way, if you go and get this, here's the products that will support it. You want to put them in your cart now? You can check out after you get the service. I, I see that coming and I, and I I believe it will happen in in some way similar. What's your reaction to that? Uh, the re- the retail thing, 100%. Like, yep. absolutely 100%. I can, I can see that. Um, uh, in lots of different forms, whether it's a, mm-hmm. a, a, a kiosk, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I can see that in lots of different forms. Uh, but in terms of the consultation, yes, the technology would be there. But um, and so now I'm sort of looking at this from a consumer's point of view, unlike, unlike your conversation with the chatbot in a salon situation, you want that relationship that engagement that one-to-one you know looking into someone's eyes you want that rapport so even though the technology's there to do it i i I can't see that replacing that emotional experience that you get by dealing with the person but 95 percent of us of of research or 95 percent of those who respond to surveys on this is they don't they don't get that in other words you know you know in other words and this is where I think it was so fascinating. And I think this is where we get stuck as an industry. If you're doing it right, technology is not going to replace you. You know, if you're if you're having that connection, everything you just said is absolutely true. And I believe as human beings, we want that. The problem is too many of us don't get that when we go to salons. And so I think that's where the opportunity for AI to step in and help consumers. That consumer who goes, I've been going to the salon for 20 years and nobody's ever looked in my eyes. Um, or I've never had a relationship. I've never, or or my mom who's 87 years old, who who at 85 changed hairdressers after 15 years. And I was like, mom, what, huh? And she's like, it was during pandemic. And she said, you know, she she never would change anything. I loved her. She's my friend, but she won't change anything. And she used pandemic. So, was, you know, all that fascinates me. So I think everybody's safe until you're not doing what you're supposed to do, which forces the clients to look. And you know, here's the greatest uh, proof point of that ever. People buying s- stuff outside the salon. It's not because they don't want to buy in the salon. It's because we don't sell it to them. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what AI will take over. But my underlying thing about AI at the moment is this, is that I get that it can replace a lot of stuff and Mm -hmm. and it can produce a lot of creative stuff in in seconds because it trawls the internet and it's become very very clever and it will become even more clever quickly but but the one problem that i have with it is this is that if it can do that and it can do it better than humans what does that do to humans because imagination and creativity and your brain your mind whatever you want to call it is like a muscle and if you don't exercise that muscle it, it it atrophies, if that's the correct word. And so what does AI potentially do to people in any industry? Does it does it start to dumb people down? Because that is because they're not using that muscle, because AI will write that thing, design that logo, or or design that color that you're going to do, or decide on that sectioning pattern for the haircut without you having to think about that. So I sort of look at the repercussion of that and go, well, whether we're talking hairdressers or graphic designers or copywriters, what does the long-term impact of that mean for people? What are your thoughts about that? Oh, and it's based on, you know, again, listening to thought leaders and listening to conversations almost every day on this topic, because I do truly believe it's going to change the world and change our industry. And I believe for the better, because I think I'll use that consultation as an example, the AI based at home consultation. I'm sitting on my couch. I'm thinking, oh, no one's ever told me to change my hair. I, I wonder what I might look like with this, that or the other. And I go, holy crap, I like that. I believe it will then drive me to a salon. Maybe not the same salon I was at, but it's going to be like, okay, now here are the salons near you. That's 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 another form of marketing that will drive business to certain people. I think that's a good thing. Same with product. It'll make those product recommendations. The client will have it when they walk in a salon. If a salon's smart, they'll go, well, let me see what you got there. Oh, it is recommending you use product X, but I recommend product Y. They're similar, but I think this is a little bit better for what I'm going to do with you today. So again, I think there's an opportunity kind of preps people, you know, for a sale. Now, now more specifically to your point, you know, interestingly, listening to some really smart kind of thought leader people in the in the creative space talking about all this. And and one of them expressed that exactly that same concern. Oh my God, what's going to happen to writers? Like, you know, and you know, it, it's going to do it for them. A lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Some people are going to not use their muscle, blah, blah, blah. And and the other person said, you know, here's what I have to say. It writes okay. You know, it's not perfect. It's not, it's not, it's not Hemingway, you know, although you can ask it to write like Hemingway, it'll, it might get close. He says, but um, so it's average writing. And he said, and by the way, if you're an average writer, you might have a problem. He's like, and, and he said, so, you know, he said the concern should be first and foremost for those who aren't very good at what they do. And he said, that's always been the case as technology, as technology, as machines, as, as, you know, again, farming equipment has evolved, you know, it's, 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 it's going to replace people who aren't as good as, as the, the larger business needs them to be, you know, but if you're good, so I've used AI to write most of the content on my website, socialbeautymakers.com. And I, and I pointed out, I say, oh, AI wrote this. Um, I just did a PowerPoint presentation to a group. Um, um, and, and in that presentation, I had AI live write a haircut technical in front of them wow. in, three, in three seconds, in three yeah. seconds. Yeah. And I had teachers in the room. And I said, now, look at this, read this. Like, what's your take on it? And, and the, the consensus was, you know, it's like 80, 90% there. Mm. I said, so as someone who likes to write, what I'll say to all of you is, I said, that's my research assistant. 
That's yeah. my that's that's my research assistant. I said in the old old days, I would actually go to the library in college and sit there and and copy things, you know, write things. It wasn't even xeroxing; it was taking content from other writers to then build a term paper and then put it in my own words. I was like, "This is my research assistant. My first draft is right here." Now, now you know you know step three is a little off because you're 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 a great educator and you understand how how hairdressers think and you also understand the technical. It it missed it a little bit. You're going to fix it. But how cool that maybe 80% of your work is done and the time it saves you allows you to be more creative and think about other things and do other things. So I think, you know, that's, that's, um, yeah, that fascinates the hell out of me. Mm, yeah. It'd be interesting to see where this goes because I mean, I, I, it's not about to go. Um, it's only going to become more ingrained in everything that we do and it's going to impact on every industry. And I think as creatives, that essentially what we need to do is learn to use it as a tool, to a tool to develop more and to ideate more and to to push us to push us more because you know that will free us up from some of the mundane so that we can focus more on on the the what ifs. You know the creative Absolutely. thing. Try and take something a, a whole nother level, and that's exciting. So you know where we'll be in five years. I mean, I was going to say ten years, but ten years is an eternity away. Where we'll be even in five years is is fantastic. And I would say even in two or three years, or certain parts of it is going to move quickly. But here's again something that few people I think really understand. You know, people who write books, uh, people who paint, people who are iconic painters. Andy Warhol is such a great example. And most of the paintings that Andy Warhol created has been given credit for were not created by him. You, you really, you, you know, you research this. Um, some of the greatest sculptors in the world, you know, they they create these little models and they bring a team of, team of people together to actually create the sculpting. And often they're inserting a little bit of their creativity into the process too, under the direction of the master. And so in many ways, you know, again, back to that shampoo machine, you know, it's 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 a different variation of of maybe something that we're used to, but there's efficiencies involved. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm sorry that the shampoo assistant's not needed anymore, perhaps, you know, in that setting, but from the creative aspect of the salon and the fact that this machine saves them money, which I, I believe it does from what I've been told over time, that frees the salon owner up to have more resources, resources to do better work, to do more creative, be more creative, blah, 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 all that, all that. Let me ask you this. I'm sure you've read some of the controversy about the AI, like, um, doing nasty things, you know, um, um, one of the, well, there was a New York times article where the AI reporter had a long conversation. And, and finally it said, if you could be anything else, what you, what would you want to be? And he said, I didn't want to be a, a chatbot anymore. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to be a person and he wanted the nuclear codes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so there's fear mongering out there because I think in this experimental process that people are finding that it makes mistakes, that it does things it's not supposed to do. Um, but again, it's a giant global experiment right now. Yeah. And, and you know, I know it's not necessarily hairdressing, you know, orientated that this, this answer, but it's, it's like at the moment, basically when people are going, well, well, what is AI and how does it all work? How does it all work? It's essentially saying, well, it trawls the internet for answers for whatever it is you're asking it. So whatever the question is you're asking, it trawls the internet and instantly comes back with, you know, references to, to you know, provide a, a, a solution. And that what we need to do is to use that as a tool and what we need to do is to get better at asking better quality questions. But here's the thing, 
is that at what point does AI evolve the next step? Like at what point does AI have, if consciousness is the right word, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and starts to sort of think, well, maybe I don't need to reference everything that's already been done on the internet before. And mm-hmm. what what point does AI start to think and start to yeah, be yeah, yeah. creative at, a, at another level? I don't know. It, we don't know. And, it, and again, it's called artificial intelligence because it very much mimics the way our brains work. And it, yeah. it, and I would add a little bit of nuance to that part of the conversation and say that, that you know, the current iteration of AI that we all have access to on, on online, which is open AI and, and, and some variations on it, it, it's been loaded with the entire internet from, from all of history um, through the end of 1231-21. So it doesn't have the last year, number one. And if you ask it a lot of questions, you'll see what some of the things are that is missing. But but in reality, you know, it's fascinating. So pre-AI, pre um, this thing we're talking about, we would go to Google and say, what about blankety blank? And it would come back with a whole series of links and articles, right? You say, you know, yeah. what's, what's, what are the trends in hairdressing? And you come up with pages and pages and pages yeah, yeah. Of, of interesting stuff that hopefully, depending on how you ask that question, you got something close to the right answer. But it was a link, which would be like if, if we we're modeling a humans and you said to me, you know, what are the trends in beauty? You know, and it would be like my response was instead of what I would normally say, which would be a compilation of things that have been I've absorbed as a human being, right? Here's what I read this and I saw this and I think this, you know, if I was acting like Google as a human, I would say, um, oh, there's a great article in Vanity Fair. Go read it. That would be, you know, the equivalent, you know, of me not acting truly human, you know, but, but acting like Google. AI acts more like us. AI has absorbed all that information. And I would say even more than trolling, what it's done is it, it knows all that. If you think how we are, we know all that. And, but we have to access that stuff in our brain to answer a question. You know, how, how do you tie your shoe? We don't sit around thinking about it all day. But when it's time to tie our shoe, our brain goes to where that is. And it goes, okay, I know how to do that. And we don't even think about it. It just happens. What AI does, it has that, again, it has this giant brain filled with the entire internet, the history of humankind and everything up until 1231 to 21. And it, it goes through a probabilities calculation where depending on exactly how you ask that question, which is why questioning is, is really an art in this, in this example, it tries to figure out the probability of answering the question correctly, just like we do as people, right? Just when someone says, you know, you know, what do you think the weather forecast is going to be for the next month? Like what you're, you're, you're looking, you're, your brain is going, well, what have I heard? What have I seen? What, what is history of this time of year in the city that I live in? Blah, blah, blah. AI is doing the same thing in a different way. Which is really fascinating. Yeah. What, what what do you think about it from the creative? The, 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 I mean, this is this is an, another sort of challenge I have with it. Is this is that AI is relying on stuff that's been done, and so it is a lot of it is pattern repetition. So so that is why if you were an accountant or someone, you'd probably be more more worried about AI than if you're a hairdresser who is meant to be more creative because what an accountant does is more based on pattern repetition. Or if you're researching uh, as, a, as, a, as a lawyer, if you're looking for legal precedents, what might take you weeks and weeks to read through, the AI is going to be able to trawl the internet and come back with any legal precedents in seconds. So you can see how businesses like that are going to be challenged. But if you if you look at a, a creative field, i.e., hairdressing, um, or any you know creative you know job, 
How do you define creativity? Because creativity is not always based on pattern repetition. Yeah, I, I can get the idea that AI will be able to, to, to design a haircut and show me a sectioning pattern mm-hmm. and, yep, and yep. this is what you should do based on stuff that's already been done. Yep. But, but real creativity is about pushing something the next stage. It's about imagination. Yep. And but, does AI have imagination? It doesn't seem so quite yet, um, but it's interesting because we have to think ourselves about, you know, what, what does that even mean? You yeah, know, yeah. So, so like our imagination is a function of what has made its way into our brain for the most part, for most of us, most of us. And some of us are more imaginative than ever, than, than others. And so, you know, it, it, it's interesting, but I would say this to all of that. First and foremost, um, and I'll, I'll go back to your bookkeeping analogy. First and foremost, mo- most bookkeepers work for a business. And that larger business is always trying to figure out how to be more efficient, how to be more profitable. And if it can find a machine way to be that in bookkeeping, what is that? Calculators and computers. They completely transform that industry. And 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 in, in the process, put people out of work in the old days because they didn't need as many people to do the stuff. So this is a different version of that. And I would say in our industry, I still go, and I, I agree with you. I think creativity and the way we think of it as hairdressing um, is going to be the last thing that probably gets you know um, impacted in a serious way. But when we think of all the challenges that you and I know that businesses across this industry face every single day, if they can have a, a receptionist who does a really great job with technology at a time when we know receptionists are going away anyway, um, or if you know a, a small business can market more powerfully because sometimes small businesses can't write the social media copy or can't write the ad copy, but maybe AI can, maybe. Um, if it can help with that, making sure that every client gets recommended retail product, you know, that's that's a positive evolution. Yes, it takes it off the hairdresser, but I would say as an, as an old guy in the beauty industry, most of them aren't doing it anyway. So some of these things are long-term problems in, in search of fixes that just have never quite happened for the masses in our industry. And how cool is it that this might be a solution, depending somewhat on the integrity and 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 also the imaginations of the people who are in charge of creating and and, and deploying AI? Yeah, definitely. I can see all the uh, point of sale software manufacturers, oh. you know, just champing at the bit. Yes, to to integrate more AI into the marketing. Uh, you know, side of 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 of, of what a point of sale system is able to do in terms Absolutely. of personalizing uh, and customizing content for for individual clients, um, and, and just and getting the message out there before you've even thought of it. You know, it will it will it will recognize um, you know certain patterns and people's behavior and when they're due back in and you know when they're more. You know, susceptible to something in terms of, in terms of a product or service, and what they might have been at other times. So well, yeah, look, it's it's exciting. <laughs> what if I had a, if we had AI right now? Like if we had yeah. AI available to both of us, the AI would have whispered in my ear and said, "You're thirty <laughs> minutes. You're thirty minutes over time with Anthony Whitaker." You know, it's like just just stop it already. It's like the AI would be like, "Bad Gordon." Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, however, we're both passionate about this conversation. I am, I am not going to edit this down. We are going to wrap up. We are going to share this entire conversation with our audience because game-changing technology, I mean, such an opportunity is in, in the midst of, of all of it. So if, if you had to wrap up with a thought for the audience, maybe just to give them a, a, a little bit of 
encouragement to be open-minded not completely you know we, we i think we 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 deserve to have skepticism right but but i also think it's so early like what would you say to, to a listener to to get them maybe to pay a little more attention or or be perhaps a little more thoughtful about what might be coming i i would say you some of the stuff we touched on at the very beginning where we were referencing things that we are already all using you know whether it's siri or alexa or or you know dating apps or you know uh uh ways you know google maps whatever we're using this stuff already and it's made life better and easier and so as we start to integrate more of that stuff into our businesses it will make our lives better and easier we need to learn to use it as a tool um we need to learn to use it to to enable us to uh, be more creative to ideate more to to think more and to ask the what ifs questions and and to to push us more to be better in every way whether that's down to about retail or whether it's about doing better consultations or 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 whether it's about the thought process of how can i take this haircut or color to the next level I'm going to say thank you to my friend Anthony Whitaker, founder of GrowMySalonBusiness.com. Uh, Grow My Salon Business everywhere, the podcast, Instagram, on all the different platforms. Um, Anthony, any any last words you want to tell the audience in terms of where to follow you in addition to what I just said? Anything else you want to share? Well, Gordon, first of all, you have to ask yourself, are you really talking to me or am I a chatbot? Um, and, and and secondly, uh, if people want to find out who the real Anthony Whitaker is, then uh, just go to growmysalonbusiness.com and there's uh, there's books and videos, all sorts of free resources and educational content, uh, online courses, etc. And uh, it would be great to meet them in person. Yeah, and anybody who went books, um, I, I have to say, I'm so, I'm, I'm a fan of books. I don't read as many as I, I like to these days. But but Anthony's theory, which is called Grow, is I think one of the best business resources in the entire industry. Recommend people check it out. Let me say to the audience, thank you so much for listening. I hope you hung in there with us. It's a really hot topic. I'm, I'm excited to to share all of this with you. Um, um, if you like the podcast, I'd appreciate a like, subscribe, and or share. Um, better yet, leave a review. As I said when we started out, um, visit us over at socialbeautymakers.com. Sign up for the free e-newsletter. Uh, get early access to the content. I'm racing now. Once again, I am Gordon Miller. I'm excited uh, to bring you more great content next time. <laughs> <laughs>